This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, episode 84, When to Seek Medical Advice. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Hello, my loves. I had a question come up on an Instagram live today, and I thought I would address it here, uh, partially because the internet went out as we were discussing it, and partially because I do want you all to know my opinion on where I stand as far as um, the combination of what I teach and medical advice, because um, you know, some podcasts do have on every episode a disclaimer talking about, you know, this is not a substitution for medical advice. And that's definitely how I feel. Everyone that I've worked with personally has been through the medical system. And about half of the people that I coach are physicians. So I want you to know that I think there is a place for the medical system. And I think that the information that I teach doesn't contradict that necessarily. It's just looking at the specific case of chronic pain or conditions. And I'll talk specifically about those types of conditions that tend to be mind-body later. But the question came up with a situation where someone was being coached by me who really believes um, with his current pain, that it is mind body, that it is a neural circuit issue, neuroplastic pain, um, TMS, whatever you call it. It's something that is related to his stress level. It's not um, a structural issue, even though he does have some underlying concerns and fears about that. And then his partner, who's a nurse, got on the call and talked about his concern, his question of basically, how would you know when to seek medical advice, get some blood tests done, wonder if there isn't more of an underlying medical condition that could be going on causing all of the various, um, in his case, kind of musculoskeletal pains, starting with shoulder pain. And then when that went away, very soon after, in a stressful time of his life, developing foot pain, and then trying to manage that navigation of, you know, is this neuroplastic pain? Is this something that needs medical attention and I should address physically? Is it an injury? It's such a common question. And so I'm glad it came up. And basically how I operate is I do get medical checkups to make sure that, you know, things are looking okay and, and uh, kind of like you would get oil changes and maintenance on your car, or you might do updates on your phone. You know, you're going to be checking out the medical side of things um, preventatively, not just when something comes up. And as I said, the, the people that I've specifically been coaching are ones that I know have been through the medical system and have gotten things checked out by multiple experts over years, maybe decades. And when the medical system hasn't been working for them, all of the variety of different physical treatments haven't been working, 
then seeing that there could be another way of approaching the general issue, which involves the thoughts, the feelings, monitoring the nervous system and decreasing the stress level. And there are ways of ruling in these mind-body conditions. So Howard Schubner has fit criteria. These are ways of diagnosing what is a mind-body type of trait. I'm going to read a few of the fit criteria. Symptoms shift from one location in the body to another. Symptoms are more or less depending on the time of day. Symptoms occur after, but not during activity or exercise, right? Like if you're injuring yourself, if you're actually injuring your back or injuring your elbow, why wouldn't it hurt when you're exercising, but it would hurt after? Symptoms occur when one thinks about them or when someone asks about them. I had someone tell me her back started hurting when her family would talk about their back pain. And I said, yes, a disc does not behave like that. If the cause is something structural, then the disc should not produce more pain when you're talking about it. Symptoms are minimal or non-existent when engaged in joyful or distracting activities, such as when on vacation. So noticing any times that maybe you were watching a movie or talking to friends and you were distracted and didn't feel the pain. All of those are ways of ruling in that this is neural pathways in the brain. It's neural circuits that have been activated. It's habitual, it's pain that's programmed that can be unlearned. I don't wanna go through all of the fit criteria here. I do talk about them other places and on the interview with Dr. Schubiner that I have on my podcast. But just as you would use medical criteria to try to rule in or out what is going on medically, or if there's an injury, you can use these fit criteria to also rule in that it's behaving in a way that's more congruent with a mind-body type issue than an actual structural issue. And what I do is look at the whole picture of the person with their complete history. Do they have a tendency to have similar mind-body type issues? So if someone has a history of having a lot of types of different issues that are all mind-body related, then when something new comes up, then it's more suspect, I said that weird, it's more suspect that it's probably another version, another flavor of a mind-body issue um, than indication of probably a new acute injury or medical condition that just came up. According to Dr. Schubiner, who's been researching chronic pain for decades, he says these diseases are likely neural circuit. GI system diseases would be IBS, functional dyspepsia. In the musculoskeletal system, fibromyalgia, MPS, scoliosis, weak core, tight hamstrings, SI joint dysfunction, piriformis syndrome, leg length discrepancy, central nervous system issues such as chronic fatigue syndrome, tension and migraine headaches, facial pain, small fiber neuropathy, in the genitourinary system, interstitial cystitis, pelvic floor dysfunction, pudendal neuralgia, vulvodynia, in the ear, nose, and throat area, TMJ disorder, in psychiatry, anxiety, depression, PTSD. 
And then there's a classification of conditions that Dr. Schubiner talks about as they're often not diagnosed as neural circuit, but according to what he's found, they often are. And that would be chronic fatigue syndrome, SEID or systemic exertion intolerance disease, post-COVID syndrome, infections such as Lyme disease, CMV, musculoskeletal conditions such as Ehlers-Danlos and costochondritis, GI symptoms such as chronic constipation, GERD or reflux, and SIBO. And with cardiology, POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, and atypical chest pain. Now, if you're wondering, he does say these are not neural circuit conditions. So these diseases, cancer, HIV, Lyme disease, or other infections, Parkinson's disease, dementia, ALS, hearing loss, Meniere's disease. And there are some cases of severely ruptured discs and severe arthritis that he has found can cause pain that is not neural circuit pain. But he said those are the rare, rare exceptions. Most bulging discs or arthritis are not to that degree. In the boulder back pain study, for example, they had a woman that had such severe scoliosis that her back was shaped like an S and she became pain-free with the pain reprocessing therapy and not having to even change the structures or the scoliosis in her back. So what I like about Dr. Schubiner's way of classifying neural circuit pain, and again, this is a general, um, these are generalized statements and you would want to decide case by case. But what I like about his approach is it's actually quite conservative. There are people like Gabor Mate or Bessel van der Kolk that would say that even things like cancer or HIV or um, multiple sclerosis, or even what I had, um, ulcerative colitis, they would say that all of those things are caused by these emotional causes or by stored trauma. And Dr. Schubiner's approach is more research-based, based on what they found studying conditions like fibromyalgia and different types of chronic stress-induced conditions and chronic pain. What's interesting to know is that if I had found Dr. Schubiner's work first, he says that all autoimmune conditions are not neural circuit. Fortunately, when my friend who was in medical school was talking about ulcerative colitis being psychosomatic, the first book about it I picked up was John Sarno's book, A Divided Mind, where he specifically talks about ulcerative colitis as a version of TMS. And it made so much sense to me that um, because I was in constant fight or flight, that my digestive system was out of whack because I you know, wasn't ever allowing myself to relax and get into that parasympathetic state where I could rest and digest. But if you just take the criteria, as I like to by Dr. Schubiner, it helps distinguish what are the 
um, things that absolutely require some medical attention and guidance. Maybe this work in addition, but ulcerative colitis, he would say, there's a disease process, there's some medical changes, you know, there was like bleeding and stuff that I would need some medical attention for and to be monitored. So he would not even classify that as, you know, purely a neural circuit condition. So if someone has a history of multiple of these neural circuit type conditions and notices that their new pain tends to follow some of the fit criteria, and they notice that if they catastrophize, that their pain gets worse as they monitor it and track it then I wouldn't rush that person to go and get blood tests and try to figure out a medical cause that's going on that's bigger than all of it. In general, we know that when we approach our pain with a lot of fear and with a lot of intensity of trying to figure it out, with a lot of focus on it, with uh, urgency of wanting it to stop, and with trying to fix it constantly, then those things are actually shown to increase the production of pain. We do know from research that people who catastrophize, which is certain ways of thinking and responding to pain, that people who catastrophize are more likely for their acute pain to turn chronic. They're more likely to get new acute types of pain they are more likely if they are catastrophizing before surgery to have a more complicated or longer recovery. So I really encourage you, if you start to feel a new pain and you have this history, that this also could be another sign that you are more likely to get a new acute pain. But again, interpreting that signal correctly is really important. It's like a child that has fallen and the way that you react to that child can really intensify their reaction as well. So as much as possible, you want to react with calmness, with curiosity, with love, with compassion, it's going to be all right. Not first thing rushing to, oh my gosh, let's take you right to the doctor. What have you done? It looks horrible. The people I'm mainly speaking to have been through the medical system, maybe for years and years. They've been quite vigilant usually about checking up on things, making sure their general health um, is okay with getting blood tests and getting checkups. If that isn't you, then I encourage you to seek some medical attention, to go to a doctor or someone, and especially if there is someone that's familiar with the mind-body approach, that could be really great. But... I do want to make it clear that these two approaches can work hand in hand, that the medical system is absolutely necessary, especially for acute conditions. But we just want to understand each individual person that has chronic pain and look at the whole picture and the tendency to have these neural circuit type issues and react in a way that is optimal for healing. And that would be most conducive to the outcome that we want, to having the pain be the danger signal that we interpret 
in the way that it's made to be interpreted and that we form this connection with our body that we can start to understand its signals and interpret them correctly and maybe even get to the point where we have less and less of these danger signals going off as we calm our nervous system. Okay, so thanks for the discussion on Instagram that led to this great question, Scotty and Rom. And be sure and find me there or in my Facebook group, Body and Mind Life Coach, if you want to ask more questions or to discuss anything that I talked about here. All right, my loves, have a good week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind. 